Hey, what's up guys? Welcome to my channel. My name is Dr. Tom LeHue and we're going to be talking about type fives today. We're going to be looking at the book, The Enneagram Guide to Waking Up by Beatrice Chestnut. And we're going to be looking at some of what she calls the key patterns of type fives. We're just going to be taking one of them and exploring it. And that is the tendency for fives to overthink or to overanalyze. And I say that, you know, I think uh, that hopefully if you understand the Enneagram and you know what type fives are, uh, that seems to be pretty obvious to the rest of us that fives tend to be a very much a thinking type and in the thinking group. As always, I want to remind you that uh, in the description below is a link to my website site tomlahue.com where you can book Enneagram coaching appointments for yourself or for your relationships. Um, and I would love to, uh, to meet with you and help you in any way I can. And the Enneagram is a powerful tool for self-correction and for challenging ourselves and seeing the blind spots in life. And also on my website is a uh, uh, information about the certificate classes that I offer. If you are interested in learning more about using the Enneagram in, in a, as a coach or a counselor or a therapist or pastor or teacher or, or business leader, whatever, uh, I would love for you to participate in one of those training classes that I offer as well. There is a link on my website to an events page. If you would like to invite me to come to your place of work to meet with your team to do staff training, uh, whether that's live in person or via Zoom, you can contact me through my website. I'd love to, uh, to train your team to be more self-aware and more productive and have more compassion with, with each other. Okay, so let's talk about type fives. Again, I'll remind you that I have a son who is a five wing four. Uh, my dad was a five, probably a five wing six. And um, so I, I'm not saying in any way that I fully understand fives, but believe me, my son and I have a lot of conversations about these topics and I get to see it demonstrated, you know, in my own home. And sometimes uh, when I make these videos, fives will comment, boy, it seems like you're really hard on fives. Lives. And I always think, well, I'm not sure you're watching all my videos because I tend to be hard on all the types and I don't mean to be hard. It's just I work from a mindset that says, show me the challenges or show me the inconsistencies or show me the the uh, difficulties or the blind spots and then we can work to try to correct those or try to build on those and to show up in a way in the world that is more productive. I, one of the things I want to challenge you to think about is think and then we'll get to this topic of of overthinking and i i'm in the thinking group too okay i'm not a five but i've got a pretty strong line to five although you fives would probably say no you don't you're you're clearly a seven and i am and i embrace that i embrace that i'm a seven but i've had many people comment on my videos when i make an hour-long video they're like are you sure you're not a five um and i'm not i know i'm not but um, w one of the things I would like to say about, you know, the, the five is they, they tend to be, um, thinkers, uh, and they tend to overanalyze or analyze a lot, uh, issues and sometimes have a hard time feeling their feelings. I know you do. I'm not saying, Oh, Tom, he thinks he knows us. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying when I talk to fives about their feelings and I say, well, how does that make you feel? And then they tell me, well, if I had to think about it, I think I feel. And it's like, mm, okay, all right. I do the same thing as a seven. I don't necessarily want to feel all my feelings either. But anyway, let's look at what she says. The tendency to overthink things, um, to, to think about uh, things as if that solves them or fixes them. 
And, you know, thinking is great and thinking and solving problems and analyzing problems and trying to be objective and take all the information in. All of that is a great discipline. It's just sometimes you might confuse that with with taking action and taking action is something completely different. You know, analyzing, talking about, thinking about, meditating, that's all great to do and it's necessary, but if it doesn't lead to action, if it doesn't lead to taking practical steps and getting things done, then you might you might not get the result that you want in life. And back to what I was thinking before, uh, before I distracted myself, is if you think about the goals you have for life, if you were to write those down, okay, and this is one of the ways to test you know, how healthy we are. When I, when I talk about being a healthy type five or a healthy type three, think about it like this. What are your goals for your life? Can you articulate those? If you were to articulate those and number them one to 10 and you were list off goals for your family and goals for your marriage and goals for your spiritual life and your hobbies and interests and physical bodies and, and list off all your community life. If you were to think about all of these goals and then watch the way you actually show up into life after you've written all these goals down and then when you actually think about and if i were to observe how you show up to life where you spend your time where you spend your money uh how you interact with other people in this world you might be surprised at how often the way you're actually showing up in life, and this isn't just true of fives, this is true of all of us, the way you actually show up into life and where you invest your time, money, and energy might not at all reflect what you stated were your goals. And that's something for you to think about. If your goal, for example, is if you were to have a goal, I want to have a community of friends around me that support me, that understand me, that I can relate to, that are there, you know, to 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 do recreation with. I want a community around me. But then if I were to actually watch how you spend your life, do you invest any time or energy in building that network of friendships? Do you go out and meet people and interact with people? Do you make yourself available or do you tend to withdraw and hold you know, your time and your energy very close and precious to yourself? And then I might say, well, look, you have this goal of having this community around you, but where did you spend all weekend? Did you ever did you ever initiate any you know adventures with any of these people? Did you did you contact or call these people and check in on them? Did you invite them to do anything? And see, there it is that taking action. Is it just in your mind that you you can fantasize or dream or think about these things? And then is it difficult then to move to action and to actually take the steps necessary or required in order to achieve those goals. Okay, so let's take a second and just kind of read this paragraph and break it down and see what we think about it. While it is true that thought and analysis help you figure things out and gain a sense of control, interesting word there, isn't it? Control. One of the things I think about fives is, you know, they have a line to eight, and I think about fives and eights are similar in some ways, and sometimes you could have a five that thinks they're an eight, you can have eights that look very much like fives, withdrawn and removed, especially eight wing nines, that withdrawn, withdrawn thing they have in common. But when you think about control, um, I would say like, I tend to think of fives not really wanting control, especially not of other people, but wanting independence 
or wanting that sense of security that I'm not going to be, you know, in, inhibited, not inhibited, not influenced, uh, intruded. I'm not going to be intruded on or invaded by other people. My time, my energy, my focus of my attention, that that's not going to be invaded by other people. And, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting here, I, I'm kind of departing from the book because stuff just fires in my brain. And I have a monkey mind. I don't have a five mind. I have a seven mind. One of the things that, that is interesting here that I'd like to talk about for a second that you fives may just intuitively do, and you don't realize the rest of us don't really do this, is when you think about, you know, your focus of your attention or your focus of your energy. I always think about it now as like a big circle, okay? And then I have, I only have so much energy or so much attention that I can give in a day. And I think fives are aware of this and they like tend to want to control this and they don't want to just splash it out on everybody and then it all be gone. Other people monopolize and take your attention, take your energy, take your focus uh, and, 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 and remove it from you. They take it from you by stepping into your room and talking to you, by coming at you with a big bunch of problems that aren't your problem. And I think fives are, they think, I think you guys think like this, like I've only got so much focus of attention, focus of energy, and why would I want to give that away to things I don't care about or things that aren't productive? For example, why would I want to let myself get angry about something um, that I don't need to? Why would I give a lot of energy to that? Now look at eights, you know, or ones, getting upset and irritated about things that you might think don't matter. Like somebody, you walk into a store and somebody tells you, you know, somebody takes a shopping cart that you were going to take and you'll see an eight maybe respond to that and get all worked up about it and then talk about it and come home and, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. Da, da, da. And I think a five would think like, okay, you only have so much energy. You only have so much focus of attention. Why would you waste that on something that doesn't matter or on someone that doesn't matter to you? Why would you give up that precious energy, that precious focus of your attention on people or things or events or occurrences that are inconsequential and do not matter? And a five would think, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to give my attention to things and people that don't matter to me, so I'm not going to. I want you to realize that the rest of us don't really think like this, at least from my perspective. And maybe some people do around the Enneagram, but I don't think that we we think like this near like you do. Like, like that is a that is that is one of the things I think you guys just intuitively do that you could share with other people as great wisdom. You could say, hey, eight, hey, three, hey, nine. Um, why are you so affected? Why are you so affected by this event happening in your life? This may or may not have anything to do with you, first of all. Secondly, uh, you know, why would you expend precious energy or precious time or precious focus of your attention on something that really a hundred years from now isn't going to matter? Why would you allow yourself to be so tied in to this person or to this event that it takes control of your focus of attention? Why would you do that? And I think that is great wisdom oftentimes for the rest of us. Like I have allowed myself to get way too excited about something or way too invested in something or way too uh, entangled into something that really isn't about me, really shouldn't even affect me and really isn't worth my time. 
And I think that's something that you guys do intuitively that the rest of us don't do very well. And there are many times when I think in a staff meeting or a board meeting or in a family discussion or in whatever, whatever situation you find yourself in, that may be the most helpful thing you say to the rest of us is like, you know, I think we're getting sidetracked here. I think we're getting way too focused and way too emotional about something. And let's bring the focus of our attention back. Let's bring the focus back to what we can control, not what we can't control. So much of what we focus our attention on is things we can't control. And I think a five, as a five, I think you guys understand this. Like, why would we give all this attention to things that are beyond our control? Very stoic way of thinking, a very five way of thinking, and a very helpful message, I think, to the rest of us. I know it's helpful to me, is why am I getting so entangled and so over-focused on things that are really not mine to, to worry about? Okay, so uh, it will be important for you to understand that this does not support your inner growth. That means that over-analysis, I can't even say the word, over-analysis, um, and trying to gain a sense of control, or I would say gain a sense of independence, autonomy. Let's say it that way. I think that's the better word. Like I think of fives as wanting to, not always, not that they don't want to interact with people. I think you do. I think really deep down inside, like you want to have friends like everybody else. You want to have friends. You want to care about people and you want people to care about you. But notice there is within you this sense of like a desire to like remain autonomous. Like there's clear boundaries around me and don't don't people know those boundaries and they better respect those boundaries I know their boundaries and I respect their boundaries and I want them to know mine and respect mine and boundaries are great boundaries are super helpful the rest of us really need to work on boundaries but this sort of like locked up you know the wizard on the edge of the village living in my castle looking down the old owl looking down from the barn at all the other animals observing the submarine with its periscope you know the submarine detached under the surface with its periscope you know interacting with the world above i think what she's saying is sometimes this strategy might not actually move you toward your goals fair enough fair enough is that sometimes this strategy, or sometimes, no, remember, you're a fear type, and you say, I'm not afraid of anything. I know, I know. You're not obviously afraid. Sixes, more obviously afraid. Sevens and fives, you know, when we go to the sides, the numbers at the center, three, six, and nine, they're kind of the obvious types. The other guys on the sides of them, we take a more indirect approach to solve the problem. What's the problem? Fear. What's your fear? Fear of being intruded. Fear of being invaded. Fear of being incompetent. Fear of not being, not being adequately prepared for the moment. A fear of looking foolish. I mean, we could probably talk all day about what are the fears of a five. The fear of your space not being your space, but everyone else like overtaking your space and being engulfed, you know, even in a relationship. Think how that affects your relationship. Some people want to be engulfed in a relationship. They want to be lost in a relationship. How does that feel to you? Does that kind of make you feel a little sick? Like being lost in a relationship, like losing myself in a relationship? How does that feel to you? Okay, uh, the body is more than a support for the head. Interesting thought. Uh, the body is more than a support for, are you a head walking around attached to a body? Um, 
is your do you take care of your body? Do you wash clean, take care of your body? Do you exercise? Do you eat right? Do you dress, you know, well? Um, do you even think about these things? Do any of these things matter to you? Realize to like other types, and I'm not saying that other types are right. I'm just saying, what do we want? We want balance, right? We want balance. And if you think about as a five, you have a certain perspective on the world. If you were to listen to all of the other types, if you were to listen to a six, a three, a nine, a one, and you were to take in all the wisdom of those perspectives as well, I mean, think about that. Isn't that wisdom? And sometimes as a five, you can be so focused on information, knowledge, being prepared with all of that, that it's not the same thing as wisdom. Wisdom requires experience and talking to those and being exposed to those who have life experience. Think of yourself as a five with one perspective and you have eight other perspectives around you. Wouldn't it be to your best advantage to be able to dial in and tune in to all of those other perspectives and say, huh, how does an eight do things? Why do they do things the way they do it? And is there something to be gained there if I could enter that energy a little more easily? How do nines do things? Maybe I could enter into that nine space a little bit better and try to see things sometimes the way a nine does. Perhaps there is legitimacy in these other types, these other perspectives. Absolutely. Okay, so let's finish this up here. Um, do you... Uh, oh, she says, your heart is the very best compass you have to show you uh, how to, what to do and to prioritize. Do you believe that? Your heart is the very best compass you have, uh, or is it your head? Do you think with your heart? Do you think with your head? Do you let your heart lead you? What would that mean? I, I, I kind of look at it like this, like, um, you know, the five's tendency might be to analyze something to death in order to solve the problem. But then let's just ask that heart question like, yeah, but what do you want to do? Okay, just feel that. What do you want to do? Well, the information says, or I believe the data concludes, that the best course of action would be X. Okay, but is that what you want? There's that hard question, like what do you feel is right in your heart? And it probably sounds ridiculous. I mean, maybe it sounds ridiculous to you to even hear that. Like, what do you feel is right in your heart? Let your heart lead you. What do you feel is right in your heart? But I mean, there is some legitimacy to that. And remember, right next to you is type four. Driven, you might say, by emotion and heart. And you might think right brain and you're very left brain if you want to use that way of thinking. But after all of your analysis, after all of your data gathering, after all of your insight and your strategic thinking and all of this, don't forget to ask that very important question. Yeah, but what do I want? I really like the green one. Yeah, but all the research and all of the data and all of the information says the blue one is the best option. But which one do you want? I really like the green one. Okay, then why not get the green one? If your heart led you, would it lead you down a different path than your head is leading you? Let's try to bring some balance, right? Let's try to get some balance between the heart and the head or the gut, the body, the instinct or the feelings. Where would your feelings guide you? If you took time to feel your feelings, what would they tell you? Would you just think your feelings? 
Are you afraid to feel your feelings? Do you feel like you really feel your feelings? Maybe you do. Maybe you're, maybe you are a typical five. Maybe you're not a typical five. Okay. So let's finish this up. She says, um, when you overvalue reasoning, analysis, and observation, reason, observation, analysis, when you over, overvalue this, you may acquire knowledge, information, data, uh, but you don't necessarily gain wisdom, which comes from experience. And look right next to you, sixes. Sixes want to talk to somebody who has done the thing. All right. So you're thinking the blue one, all of the data, all of the information. I feel like, uh, you know, the data concludes that the blue one is the best choice. And the four says, what do you want? What feels right to you? What, what do you identify with as being true for you? And you say the green one. Okay, good question from the four. Now let's lean over to that six for a second. And what does the six ask? The six ask, let's talk to somebody who owns both. Let's talk to the people who've experienced them. I want to talk feet on the ground to somebody who's actually purchased, owned, and operated one of these and get their story. Grandma, you had a blue one. What was your experience? Grandpa, you had a green one. What's your experience? I want to talk to the people that have actually experienced them, and I wanna ask them, does this make sense? I'm thinking about getting the green one, but all the data says the blue one. What do you think? Does this make sense? I wanna hear it from the horse's mouth. I wanna hear it from actual folksy people. Show me, show me what your experience has been. And notice, as a five, you have both of these wings that stretch you to give you a fuller sense or a fuller insight and experience and and intuition are both great sources of information. At the end of the day, you may decide based on the analysis and observation and reasoning, but why would it hurt? Why would it hurt to lean a little one way or the other uh, into intuition or into experience? All right, guys, as always, I hope you enjoyed the video. I hope it's helpful. If nothing else, it just kind of challenges you a little bit. And as always, be present to life. I'll see you next time.